I can't face school today. But I can't bear to stay in here on my own, so I'll go. Yesterday's clothes are in a heap on the floor, still giving off that horrible stench. I pull on clean black jeans and a grey shirt, then slump back down on my bed. It's so tidy in my hostel room, like nobody lives here. Maybe it would feel more homely if I stuck up some photos. But I don't have a single photo. Not even one of my parents. Grandma didn't like to be reminded. She wouldn't talk about them either, so all I have are their names, John and Jane Child. Short, honest citizen names like mine. I bundle the heap of stinking clothes, even my winter coat, into a plastic bag and shrug on my summer jacket instead. On my way downstairs I have to stop in the brick stairwell to catch my breath. When I reach the lobby, I stuff the clothes into the bin and wait for the receptionist behind her glass partition to release the doors for me. She doesn't even look up, and we don't know each other's names. At least in the children's home some people smiled at you. Head down, I huddle into the thin black cotton of my jacket and walk quickly out into the square. Then I stop. I don't want to pass the station. I look around me. There are brotherhood men in their checked shirts, brotherhood women too, with checked scarves or red ribbons round their hats, long skirts swishing. I know they're just people rushing past on their way from the bus depot. But do any of these anxious strangers know who planned the bombing? Could one of them have another device nestling in their coat or secured in their backpack? Under their hats, are those women secretly pleased? but their faces look closed, revealing nothing. I thought I could go to school today, but now I know I can't. I could walk round the far edge of the square to the cafe, but this is my town. Why should a brotherhood bomb drive me out of it? I make my feet walk right past the cordoned-off entrance and I fight down the nausea and force myself to look. On the newsstand, the headlines scream... Brotherhood suicide bomber on train. The police are mostly in uniform, but some are wearing leather jackets and black jeans, like the young man who rescued me yesterday. He's not there, though. Three brown and white spaniels wait beside a van, tense and alert, tails wagging. Across the road there's a coffee stand under an awning, with nearly as many police crowded inside as there are at the station. The air crackles with walkie-talkies. I think about the people who died in the train, deep underground. Under their coats and hats, some of them were citizens, and a few of them brotherhood, just like the people crossing the square with me now. They thought they were going to work, or school, or somewhere normal that day. Yesterday. It could have been me. I think of the little boy with a lurch of pain, why couldn't someone have stopped it? Nothing has changed after all these years since the strife ended. Grandma said they would always be waiting for a chance to destroy the fragile peace, to destroy us. And now that the reconciliation process has started, will they destroy that too? Was she right? The cafe is lit up, a little boat on a grey sea. In the glass door, I see my own thin and anxious face 
my black hair scraped any old howl behind my ears and flicking over the collar of my jacket. The door dings as I push it open, and the smell of coffee greets me. Straight away I feel better. Safe. The cafe is back to normal, not a medical post today. Fred is emptying the coffee machine. The TV is on as usual, blaring news of the bomb, same as yesterday. Fred pours me a cup of strong tea. No sugar this time. I sit in my corner and pick up a magazine. Mind if I sit here? I look up. It's him, the guy from yesterday. He's wearing his leather jacket and jeans like the detectives outside the station. Everything about him shouts undercover. I only realise I'm smiling when I see he's smiling too. Hello again.